0: ever find yourself singing and a lyric in the song you're singing like just jump off the screen to you Uh, that happened to me as we were singing this morning standing with those who have heard well done and you're showing up today and I don't know what's happened in your life this week but sometimes I don't feel like I should be hearing well done from God and maybe you've but then then it it's talks about his faithfulness, not ours, proclaiming forever that you're the one who is faithful, faithful, faithful. The power of the gospel that God through his son Jesus will someday for those who have trusted in his faithfulness tell messed up people like me and you, well done, good and faithful servant. If you have a Bible, I want to invite you to turn to John 15. Uh, You've heard Justin say that we've been in a series that was about community in the church called The Table. And as we approach Valentine's Day, we thought, hey, the next two weeks, let's make the table smaller and talk about Table for Two. If you're single and here in the room, you are not alone. Uh, In my life alone, uh, those that are adults ages 18 to 20, no, 25, 35, 18 to 35-year-olds in my life, the statistic of singles has moved from 41% to 71% of adults under the age of 35 are single. Now, some of you are not under the age of 35 and single. Maybe you've been single all your life. Maybe you're re-single. Maybe you're kind of wishing you were single. I don't know. (laughs) Some of you are students thinking about, what would that look like for me someday if I were to date somebody? Maybe you're a parent. You have kids that might date sometime. Maybe you have a friend who's trying to date and you're a single thinking, I have the gift of singleness. Y'all know that Jesus, our foundation was single his whole life. Paul, the one that writes so much of the theology we hold in the New Testament, single his We don't need another person to be fully complete in Christ, but a lot of us are looking for one. And so we're gonna talk about dating. Uh, I wanna show you first a picture of my wife and i on our we have date our date time is fridays at 11:45. 45 uh, we do lunch date on fridays and she's right here uh, i love you so much i'm so thankful that god has put us together and we don't stop dating right uh, but today is specifically about maybe those that don't have somebody and so i'm gonna actually tell you a story on purpose about someone else that i dated and i'm so thankful we didn't end up together but I wanted this girl and i'm so thankful by the way she's off the market for anybody else i'm the only one that gets to date her so in college i I dated a girl named lauren uh, for a year and a half Uh, lauren was a strong christian it was a, a sweet relationship i'm so glad i didn't end up with her lauren's best friend from high school wasn't going to college she was pursuing a career outside of college and so sometimes she would come to visit lauren now my focus was on Lauren. And so when her friend would show up, her friend was fun personality, super outgoing. Her friend would kind of become the center of attention for the friend group. And that kind of bothered me a little bit because I wanted to focus on Lauren. And there were a few times where it ended up where it was just like the three of us hanging out. And I was like, okay, uh, you're fun, but I wanna spend time with Lauren. Uh, there was once we went to dinner and I was taking Lauren to a nice dinner. She said, hey, Kelly's coming. And so said, okay, well, the three of us, and I guess I should buy the meal and all this kind of stuff. And anyway, so I got to know Kelly because I knew Lauren, right? Lauren was the focus in the relationship for me. Well, we, we broke up and Lauren and I maintained a friendship. About six months later, I was back at camp and Lauren uh, on the weekend called and said, hey, talk to me about life. And I was like, she's like, yeah. And she's like, hey, Kelly is doing good in a, uh, this uh, talent show. And I was like, oh, that's cool and blah, blah, blah. And a few weeks later, end up on the phone with Lauren again. And she's like, Kelly's doing really good. And I'm like, that's cool. And then a few weeks later, Lauren's like, Sam, turn on the TV. And I'm like, turn on the TV. This is on TV? And she's like, yeah. So I got to watch the last two episodes of Kelly Clarkson winning American Idol on TV. So when that happened, when that happened, all of a sudden something strange in me happened. Uh, This person who was kind of in the way, (laughs) all of a sudden became like, I know Kelly Clarkson yeah 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 all of a sudden but I really didn't know Kelly Clarkson I knew Kelly's friend does that make sense uh so she was like yeah and she still is kind of famous and you know her life's going up. yeah yeah she yeah some say really famous but for a while I mean like she was the like every magazine cover it was like that's so weird but there was something in me I was like yeah I know Kelly Clarkson but I I didn't I didn't really, really, I knew someone who knew Kelly. And here's why I bring up that story. Not because I know Kelly, I can't get you a backstage pass, sorry. <laughs> Actually our last interaction, I, I had her phone number because I had I knew Lauren. And I texted her, hey, hey, congrats Kelly. And she was like, thanks Sam. That's the last time we interacted. Cause I don't, I don't really know, I know her friend. Does that make sense? Some of you here in the room, some of you here in the room your relationship with someone much more famous than Kelly is kind of like my relationship with Kelly, meaning you're dating someone that has a personal relationship with God. And this person knows God really, really well. And maybe sometimes you go to group dates and you like hang out at church and you hear about God But your relationship with God is not really a close personal relationship. Maybe you just know some other people that that know him. And that's a really big deal when it comes to God's design for what he wants for you and I when it comes to relationships. The longest passage in all of the Bible on marriage is in Ephesians chapter five. In Ephesians chapter five, Paul starts by telling everyone in the church that we're to love one another like Jesus has loved us. And then he gets more specific and he says, husbands, love your wives like Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Now for me now as a husband and even when I was dating and knowing that's at one point what I was supposed to do, that command scared me to death convicts me and makes me feel like when you know the love of jesus like he is one perfectly faithful and we're not and he's sacrificial and, get, and like is there somewhere in the bible that we can go that will actually show us what needs to be going on in our lives if we're to love others that way and believe it or not there is You've turned there already if you turned with me to John 15. Jesus in the upper room was at a table and he told his disciples, a new command I give you, this is when it shows up, not just to love one another, but to love people the way I have loved you. This is when Jesus starts it. And then in our Bibles, a chapter later, he talks about what needs to go on in your life for that to happen. And he'll say that that kind of love is actually a fruit. It's something that's gonna happen through your life when you know Jesus much better than I knew Kelly. So in order to honor God's word, I wanna invite you to stand. I'm gonna read out of John 15 what he teaches. And if you're wanting to date, if you're wanting your marriage to look better like Jesus desires, let's see what Jesus says needs to be happening in our lives. John 15 verse 1, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you and the branch cannot and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. Okay, so I'm gonna stop you for just a second. What's gonna be the fruit of us having that close abiding relationship with Jesus? Listen to what he says. We're gonna read the word love nine different times. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you, abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I've kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I've spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. so that whatever you ask the father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you so that you will love one another. If you're comfortable on your knees, I'm gonna invite you there. If not, you can just take a seat there on the pew. That's totally cool. Father, uh, we need your help. Uh, the world is directing the way that we do relationships so often. And it's, it's frankly, it's messy and it's painful. God, I, I ask that, that we, for just a few minutes, would not look to the world for the direction in relationships, that we would look to your word. And God, I need help in, in my relationship. I pray that as I teach, that you would teach me Teach all of us, God. I uh, pray that you'd use this moment. Pray right now that God would speak into you and your relationships or maybe one that you hope to have in the, in the future. And ask God to make my words clear and the, for the, the spirit to empower what I would say. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, what I'm gonna try to do now is uh, use Jesus's illustration, right? Uh, Jesus is a great illustrator, and so uh, it helps out the communicator to have an illustration uh, set up for us by someone supernatural, and that is Jesus. And I'm gonna use verse five to try to kind of summarize what I just read to you with the illustration that Jesus gives of the vine and the branches. So Jesus says, I am the vine, the vine that is connected to the soil. In the Old Testament, we read about Israel being promised so many things as a vine. And Jesus is basically saying all the promises of God find their yes in me. I am the Messiah. I'm the one through which God is going to bring into the world supernatural life he is the vine then he says you my followers Jesus is talking to his disciples if you're in the room a follower of Jesus you're one of his disciples you are his branches you're the branches he says these words whoever abides the word there for abide is to remain in or to live in it's it's uh, in the context of this passage as he talks it's a close focused relationship that has two-way communication in a loving, positive way. He talks about hearing his word, that word shows up twice, his commands five different times. We'll talk later about this. And then he talks about us getting to talk to him and ask two different times. There's this close focused relationship. He says, abide in me, in this close personal relationship, whoever abides in me and I in him he it is when you're connected to the vine the life source the eternal life source that's going to bear much what's the word fruit fruit the bible talks about fruit in a lot of different places paul specifies fruit and the fruit of the spirit as what are what does paul say the fruit of the spirit is love joy peace patience kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness self-control if you're in the room you don't know those we're so glad you're here not everyone in the room knows those in fact I mess them up often but that's Paul's words for the fruit of the spirit the life that happens when we are connected to the vine the fruit of the spirit starts happening and the first one there that we just listed and Paul lists first is love in this passage Jesus says if you're abiding in him that you're going to bear fruit And then nine different times he talks about the fruit of love that's going to come through your life. The other fruit of the Spirit that he talks about is the second one. He says, I say this to you so that my joy, second fruit of the Spirit, will be in you and your joy will be full. Let me tell you how the world messes this up and how I've messed this up in my own life. It's the lie of the soulmate and if you use the word soulmate for your spouse, that's great. I'm not trying to get on to you. Or another way people will say it is it's the right perth person myth. And that is, if I can just figure out some way to find, date, and get married to the right person, then everything in my life is going to be right. That if, if I can find the right person, then I'm going to experience, wow, my, the plant is helping me. What would happen to the branches if this is all they had? What would happen to them? They're going to die. The branch is helping me. Yes, thank you, Lord, for helping me with the illustration. That, that we think, we think if, if we can just find the right branch, then my life is going to be full of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, general self-control. That's what we think. That's what the world is telling you. Thank you, Disney. You're gonna live happily ever after, right? Is there anyone in the world that's gonna be perfectly faithful and loving and good? And no, that only comes when you and I are focused on our relationship with Jesus. And so, Here's the big point that we're going to talk about the next two weeks that I want you to see. Here's what I, the way I'm going to say it. Focusing on your relationship with Jesus will make you better at relationships and make relationships better for you. First, what am I not saying? I'm not saying, and this is the words of Paige Benton who spoke for years on singleness, traveling, teaching. She still had a lot of books out on singleness that she wrote when she was single and she's now not. She said, this is one of the lies that we sometimes hear when we teach focusing on Jesus. This is the lie. As soon as you're satisfied with God alone, he'll bring someone special into your life. Not true. We just talked about Jesus was the perfect man. He lived all of his life single. Paul, if you're here in the room and you are 35 and single, you're 65 and single, that does not mean it's because you're not satisfied in Jesus. Again, back to the point, focusing on your relationship with Jesus will make you better at relationships. You're gonna be connected to the vine and this supernatural, the life giver is gonna bear fruit through you and you're gonna be better at relationships and make relationships better for you. So let's get specific to dating. What does this mean for dating? First one I want to say is you should date someone who's focused on their relationship with Jesus. You, you, you do not want to date someone who is more into you than they are into God. Uh, I, now, let's get specific. I'm going to kind of go through this list fairly quickly. The, the, the point in the message is not one of these points. It's Finding a personal relationship with Christ, okay? But maybe how could you tell? How, how, how could you? So here we go. Uh, un- unbelievers are unavailable. Uh, if you want to date like the world dates uh, and find relationships like the world's seeing right now, you can do that, or you can follow the way that God's Word guides us. Second Corinthians chapter six, verse fourteen. Not talking about marriage specifically; talking about any close relationship. But obviously this would apply in a super specific way in marriage. It says, do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. Does that mean if you're connected to an unbeliever, get out? No, and us a whole other different sermon. That in fact Paul talks about it. But when you're looking for someone to connect to, don't get unequally yoked to your unbeliever. If you're in the room, are we saying that we're better than you? No. We're saying that if you are following Jesus, you have different priorities in your life. And if you are yoked to someone who's going a different direction, that's not gonna be great for you. Story of Balaam in the Bible. Y'all know that story? This is a story when the donkey talked. Students, if y'all remember that story? Yeah, it's one I remember from growing up. The story of Balaam in the Bible is an enemy of Israel, Balak tries to hire Balaam because he had a connection to God to curse Israel. In fact, he does it three different times and every time Balaam shows up, instead of cursing Israel, he blesses Israel and then says, sorry, I can only say what God says, I'm gonna bless Israel and Balak gets super upset. Interesting, as you follow that story in the Bible, something happens in Israel where they start fighting each other and you're like, what just happened? I thought they were blessed. Revelation chapter two tells us what happened. Balaam tells Balak, I can't curse Israel But if you wanna mess up Israel, you send all the cute girls that worship Baal into Israel and you're gonna pull their families apart. And that's what happened. God loves you and he doesn't want that for your future. You wanna find someone who is following hard after Jesus. First point, unbelievers unavailable. Second point, the kind of bait you use determines the kind of fish you catch. Do I need to go long here? (laughs) I'll just say it quickly. That's a charm is deceitful, beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. You wanna catch a guy who's after your butt, show your butt off. If you wanna catch a guy who's after the Bible, talk more about the Bible. Uh, There's a terrible song that came out years ago that had a great beat. I like big, and I cannot lie. You other, yeah? (laughs) A, a, A youth pastor remade that song I like big Bibles and I cannot lie. You Christian brothers can't deny. When a girl walks in with a KJV and a bookmark in proverbs, you get stoked. Yeah. You should get online later. and read. It's awesome. Yeah. I, I had, I had, I had friends. I, I, I was not trying to get that. Yes. I had friends in college in, in my friend group that would keep a list of ladies that they thought were dateable and they called it their P31 list. Some of those girls were pretty on the outside, some of them were not, all of them were pursuing Jesus. And I don't know what that looks like for you, but you wanna get on the list of people trying to catch someone who's following Christ, okay? So the kind of bait you use will determine the kind of fish you catch. Third one here, saving sex is greater than safe sex. Uh, Students, we're in a culture right now where maybe you're heard taught even in school that safe sex is good. The Bible teaches a better way, and that is to save sex for marriage. Sex is a great thing. It is a good thing. It is a God thing that he made to help you stay connected to your spouse. Now, some of us in the room have messed that up already. Guess what? We have a faithful God who loves and forgives. So starting right now, I would encourage you to follow his plan. Here last week, Jim Dennison, who writes in our culture had on his website, you can go search it later if you want to, just a bunch of stats on how saving sex is actually better for anyone, a believer or not believer in our culture. And the stats show that those who save sex are the most likely to report being very satisfied in marriage on surveys. Those who save sex for marriage, increase savings in their future homes, reduce conflict in their future homes, reduce child neglect, abuse, accidental death and homicide. Women who have had more than 10 sexual partners before marrying were the ones that reported that they were most likely to divorce. Those who saved sex for marriage were the least likely to divorce. And I would add something to this. Stats on pornography are very similar. And we're in a culture right now that's interestingly seeing that the young adults that are sleeping with each other a little less than they were 10 years ago but sharing photos often more. And that's has the same negative effect on life. Those are involved in pornography, just stuff like this don't Porn studies show increases adultery, divorce, physical violence, sex trafficking, even brain damage. Um, Yeah, God forgives, praise God. Praise God, he forgives. We can confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive. So what does it look like for you if you think, well, I'd like to save sex, but I'm not doing a great job at it. Well, next few points I'll shoot through can maybe help you. Set boundaries before they are needed. Uh, Proverbs 7 tells a sad story about a guy that ends up right outside a girl's house that he shouldn't have been close to. Set your boundaries before they are needed. Private parts are private for a reason. People should not be seeing them, touching them. You can talk to your parents about helping you outline those or Christian peers if you're now beyond parents. What does it look like for you to not get close to the edge, to stay far away from it? Set boundaries before they are needed. Group dates are great dates (laughs) because group dates are gonna one, help you get around other people and you're gonna learn, are they following Jesus or not? Friendships are gonna show you a lot about the other person, right? Uh, There was a song, I think out of context, you wanna be my lover, you gotta get with my friends. Christians, You want to find out if there's someone that you want to get married to, being around their friends can help you figure that out. Last week we read, actually, if you're doing the Bible reading plan with us, in Genesis chapter 24, about Abraham sending his servant out to find a wife for his son. And he says, you need to get with the God-worshipping people. So don't stay here in Canaan, go back to Ur. And the guy walks to Ur, which was like 500 miles. And then he walked back. And then they wrote a song about it. I would walk 500 miles and I would, yeah. (laughs) Find out one of the ways you're going to help realize, are they following Jesus as the peer groups they're with? Group dates, great dates. And then last one, say I do based on character. Stay I do based on covenant. Sometimes we get those things confused. You're not married until you're married. And I think the church talks like I have already about that physically, but that also applies to us relationally. The words in the Bible that are commands to married couples do not apply to those who are dating. No one should ever tell you, uh, I'll say this specifically, Ephesians 5 talks about submit. It doesn't say to submit to every man, it says to your husband, and that's a whole nother thing if the husband's telling you to submit. No one should ever say, if you really loved me, you would do dot, 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 and expect you to do that in a dating relationship. That, you're not married until you're married. My bride, when we met, was engaged to another man, and I beat the snot out of it. No, I'm kidding. No. I'm so thankful that she knew the marriage covenant wasn't applying to her at that point, as she was walking through that year, she realized, I'm not in love with this person. He was a good person. And she cut off that engagement. That is not wrong. That was not a covenant yet. Does that make sense? Say I do based on character. Find out, is this someone focused on the relationship with Jesus? Good. Focusing on your relationship with Jesus will make you better at relationships and will make relationships better for you. You want to find someone who knows Jesus better than I know Kelly Clarkson that is not saying, yes, I love God because they think that will look cool to you and they really don't follow Jesus, they're just trying to piggyback off of your relationship with Jesus. Make sense? If you can do that and find that, that's gonna make your relationships much better for you. You want them to be attached to the vine, all right? So, you wanna date someone that way. You also want to be someone. You wanna be someone that's focused on your relationship with Jesus. Andy Stanley, a famous teacher in our culture right now will say it this way. He will say, if you're thinking about relationships, you want to become the kind of person, the kind of person you're looking for is looking for. Does that make sense? You, uh, should I say it again? You want to become the kind of person, the kind of person you're looking for is looking for. You want to be someone focused on your relationship with Jesus. How do we do that? Well, this passage tells us what should be going on in the life of the person you're dating, but also in your life if you want to bear the fruit of Christ like love. And it's the word abide. Abide. So look with me at verse 7, and I'm going to try to use that verse to summarize what he's saying. He says, if you abide in me, if you are connected to me in a close, focused, personal relationship that is defined by communication, you're hearing his words and his commands and you're talking to him back, asking, what it talks about in the passage. My words abide in you. You see that? You're hearing God's words speak to you. You're in a, again, he invite Our relationship with God is not based on rules. It's based on a relationship. That's why even going through a list like I just did, I think it's helpful for people, but you need to know what's gonna help your dating relationship in the future is primarily not a point in a sermon. It's a personal relationship with Christ. He said, my words abide in you. Then he says, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. that means whatever you want, you're gonna get? No, if you're in a personal relationship with Jesus, you're gonna be wanting what he wants. The desires of your heart form to his. So how do we do that? Well, one, you spend time listening to him. Somebody after the first hour says, I, I, I love that we talk about this a lot. And maybe you're gonna think, well, every sermon sounds this way. Yes, every, this is what God, it, the Bible is about a God that loves you and wants you to be in a relationship with him. Are his words abiding in you? If you don't have right now, something that's pointing you to scripture, we invite people, there's a reason every year we're inviting you into a Bible reading plan. It's because we are, think we're cool. No, we want you to hear from God. If you don't know how to do that, you can go to firstmckinney.com forward slash Bible and it'll give you directions on, on how to have a quiet time. And then if you, if you haven't got one of these yet, actually we, y'all are awesome, but we actually ran out of journals on the first order, but we've ordered more journals. If you wanna get a journal that will help you as you try to listen to the one who loves you speak to you, we have more of those available in the connection today if you wanna go and get one. So the word of God is abiding in you as you're in a relationship, that makes sense. Can you imagine being in a relationship with someone and dating someone that you're like, we're not gonna talk? I'm not gonna listen to you, that's not gonna work, right? Or you're not gonna talk back and share? So the second thing, and and, and leaving my sabbatical, one of the things I was convicted of, I pray, but I, 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 I am missing out on giving more time to God in my prayers. So I scheduled that into my day and it's been a blessing for me as I try to exercise just spending time in prayer. We're walking into a season where we're going to be inviting you as a church to fast. Is that because we think our church is fat? No. (laughs) We're inviting you into a season of fasting because we want you to exercise your communication with God and to, to step away from something that you might normally go to for your distraction or satisfaction, and to exercise your relationship with God. Why? Because He loves you. He loves you. If, you, if you're here in the room, and, and you're, you don't know how much God loves you, this is what I wanna point you to, and then, then we're, we're, we're going to just, as a church together, try to focus our hearts and our minds on the one who loves us fully, and let that affect our relationships. If you're here in the room, and you think, I've never been picked by someone, do you know you have someone that's much more famous than Kelly Clarkson is much more loving and more faithful? In what, well, that's not speaking about Kelly. It's speaking about God. That verse 16, look what he says in verse 16 of chapter 15. He says, you did not choose me, but I chose you. The, the God of the universe picked you. And, and he, he wants to go out on a date with you. Is that weird to say with God? More than that, uh, John Wills, our former exec pastor, used to say, Jesus has a crush on you that never goes away. I don't know if you heard him say that. And I would say it's more than that. Crush is like just a, an infatuation with you emotionally. He loves you. Look what he says in verse, back up with me, verse nine. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. What you get to do is you get to go on a date with the king of the universe and spend time listening to him and talking to the one who's chosen you and who loves you. I remember when we were dating, I remember when we were dating, uh, looking over and watching, and my wife picks on me on this because it is something I think about often. I remember watching her move into a quiet time. And I remember watching her pick up her bible and she put it up against her face like this and she was smelling her bible and closing her eyes and praying and i was like Goo, i like big bibles and i cannot let me know i'm sitting there thinking i'm watching her and then she spent like one of the things that frustrates her most right now is when i interrupt her quiet time and i will watch her and i'm so thankful to have a wife who will, 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 will prioritize. She'll, she'll, uh, and, and sometimes I'll watch her in the morning, go get her Bible and her, so I won't interrupt it in her journal and she'll leave and go to the coffee shop so I'm not around. And I know if she does that, you know what's happening in her life? And not, not, not if she does, when she does. You know what's happening? This is happening. She is connecting to the one who loves her and through that, you know who it's blessing? It's blessing me, the fruit of love. Is that happening for you. Bow your heads with me right now. Ask God to, to help you even understand what would it look like for you to focus on your relationship with him. Single or married, are, are you looking for another person to, to give you what only Jesus can? Ask him to readjust your life right now and thank him for how much he loves you. Smash the like button, subscribe, share with friends, and turn on notifications if you'd like to stay up to date with us. And thanks again for joining us.